Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to another interview episode of the Italian Football Podcast. My name is Nima Tavale Ruzzari and I'm delighted today to be joined by the CEO and Managing Director of Serie A USA, Andy Mitchell. Uh, first of all, uh, welcome to the show, Andy. How are you doing? Uh, Chad Nemeth, uh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. It's um, really great to be here and I really enjoy your show. So it's, um, it's exciting for me to be here on my own. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, well, let's start with a little bit of an introduction for our listeners, uh, a little bit about yourself and who you are and, and how it came to be, your background, and of course, how it came to be that the Italian Serie A chose you to be the CEO and Managing Director of Serie A USA. Uh, sure. So my background is in media. I worked in media my whole career. Uh, I worked at CNN for a decade and a half, and then I worked at Facebook um, from the early days of media you know, through um, 2000. When did I leave there? About um, 2020. Um, it has been, or 2022. So it's been a great ride in media. Um, big football fan. A uh, big part of my job at Facebook was traveling to Europe and South America and just started to understand the culture of football and how deeply it runs uh, you know, through European and South American cultures um, and was really smitten by the game. Uh, so uh, look for ways that I can transition my career into football in some way. Um, met a lot of people, learned a lot about structures of leagues and teams and um, try to think about where I could fit in. Um, I had a colleague, uh, Peter Hutton, who a lot of people in the industry know, who was a former CEO of Eurosport, who was a colleague of mine at Facebook. Um, and so when Legacerea was looking for someone to help build their US business, uh, Peter referred me, which I deeply appreciate. And here I am, I've been here for about nine months. Oh, okay. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your interest in, in football and, and, um, and, and like, how, do you, like how, how, I mean, aside from, you know, getting into it at Facebook and stuff, do you have some sort of a personal relationship with, with the game as soccer, as you guys call it in the US? I played as a kid, like a lot of American kids and like a lot of American kids um, lost interest. Uh, it, you know, it just isn't a mainstream sport here, no. but um was uh, I have a son, he's now 14, but when he was around five, was thinking about things that we could do together. Um, so we started going to some New York Red Bull games. Um, but then um, NYCFC, which is part of the city football group, was started here in New York City. And I thought mm -hmm. to myself, whoever gets to be the fan of a team from literally day one. Uh, and so my son and I, which I know is really uh, looked down upon. Um, we traded our allegiance uh, from the New York Red Bulls, who really play in New Jersey, or more New Jersey's team, uh, to um, New York City Football Club, where city dwellers living in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> signed on for year one, and it's it's been great for us to share that interest. We go to, we're, we're members. Um, we go to all the matches um, with, with him and with friends. Uh, and then at the same time, started to understand globally, uh, the, like, like I was mentioning, the culture of the sport. And by the end of kind of the early days of my interest, I had a team in almost every league around the world um, and had a you know, reason, a connection to, to each of those clubs. Um, and again, just really fell down the rabbit hole. I spent you know, more time than I'd like to admit, <laughs> reading articles, reading books, listening to podcasts, et cetera. Okay. Love the sport. You know, I really think it's an, it's incredible uh, and really different from any of the American sports. And I really appreciate deeply, you know, what soccer has come to mean to me. 
So how many people do you have in your team that you've built? Because uh, you guys opened up an office in New York, I think it was about a year ago, was it? Is it was that correct? It'll be two years in May. Two years, yeah. Funny you asked. If you asked me last week, I would have said that we had two people. Um, I can say as of today, we have four people. Actually, our fourth person started today. Okay. So we have um, an editorial function, we have a marketing function, and we have a commercial partnerships function. So those are really the three disciplines that we're focused on here. And we're really just getting started. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of good momentum uh, over the last uh, you know, nine to 12 months that I've been here, really excited about some new initiatives and looking ahead. I feel like there's a ton of opportunity for us to grow Serie A here in the US. It absolutely is. And, and just, to, just to be clear, clear on what your remit and responsibilities, I mean, you're the CEO and managing director, that would suggest to me that you're in charge of growing all of those three disciplines and basically well, that you mentioned. It correct. Would that be correct. Yeah. So the way I look at it, I, I look at our work across four primary dimensions. Um, one is brand development. I feel mm-hmm. like here in the U.S., especially you know, given the success of uh, Serie A in Europe, in, you know, in the European competitions, UEFA says what the number two or sometimes the number three league. I we are well. Our brand doesn't get the attention it deserves here. So you know, one is just how can we help people understand the level of football that's played in Italy. And the other thing when we when I think about brand that's really, really important is Italy gives us an incredible differentiator for, you know, be, compared to the other European leagues. Mm-hmm. So um, Americans love Italy. We recently did some research. There are 51 million Americans that have an affinity for Italy here in the U.S. So really our, you know, what I want to think, think about is ways that we connect culture to culture. So that's number one. Number two is audience development. So that is obviously getting more people to consume content from us. So um, that could be watching our matches on CBS Paramount Plus. Um, That could be uh, connected to our social channels. We recently launched an email newsletter that I'm really proud of called Calcio Weekly. So just generally, how do we get more people consuming content from Legacy Area here in the US and across North America? Three is commercial development. So we have the opportunity to bring on sponsors here um, and are working very hard on sponsoring some of our content franchises um, and, and other other ways that we can bring commercial sponsors to bear here in the US. Um, and then lastly is community. And so we've done um, partnered with Street Soccer USA. We helped them build a pitch in the South Bronx of New York. Um, we also built a Seriat Media Center there to teach kids about media. Um, we did an event in Miami with Christian Pulisic and his team um, in Puma at the Pulisic Stomping Ground with some kids um, from the Little Havana section of Cuba. Sorry, the Little Havana section of Miami. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. And so, you know, really trying to be a, a good member of the community mm-hmm. and get involved in the community here is also a priority of ours. Well, that kind of answers my next question about the objective set to you by the Serie A. So I'm going to ask you um, to, would it be correct to assume then that the primary audience that you have in the United States is Ita- uh, P- Americans with Italian heritage, the 51 million you mentioned, those are primarily your, pri- your, your primary target. And then secondarily, the people, everyone else, is, is, would that be correct? Well, so sorry, just to clarify, the 51 million number was 50, that's Americans who have an affinity oh, for okay. Italy. So not necessarily Italian. So okay. you know, honestly, that's something I struggle with is how much we should be. It's almost like the political question, mm. you know, of like, do you focus on the base or do you feel like you've got the base? And so therefore you spend your energies on expanding beyond your base. I think mm. in a lot of ways, 
not to take them for granted, but the Italians and the Italian-Americans, Serie A is in their blood. Um, you know, it's been passed down for generations. So they are fans that kind of, I feel like are foundational for us. And so what, what I want to do is continue to, to double down on the base, but more importantly is how do we grow Serie A beyond the base and bring in new fans? And that's why I think that connection to Italy, <clears throat> whether it be Italian food or fashion or culture or industry, um, travel, Americans, again, Americans love Italy. So how do we connect Calcio to those different parts of Italian culture so that we can showcase, you know, the beautiful game as, as it's played in Italy to a much broader set of Americans and people in North America to really grow the league? Um, uh, just to be clear, when you say North America, you, you're just specifically talking about the U.S. and not Canada, right? Because well, Canada, Canada is very important for us. Um, okay. and it was great to have Tejan Buchanan join the league. Mm. Uh a few, couple of weeks ago, it's great to see him playing for Inter. Mm. Um, but that's Canada and to and also Mexico. But okay. U.S. is obviously the biggest market and the okay. biggest opportunity for us. Okay. So I do spend the majority of my time thinking about the U.S. But Canada and Mexico are also very important for us, and we're trying to do different things to kind of you know grow there as well. So the so they are part of your remit and responsibilities then. Correct. Kind of, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Um, so I just wanted to before we get into it, uh, what do you think you would be? Able, I mean, how do you think you'll be able to impact the image and brand of Italian football in North America? So I think a lot of it is about awareness. Um, you know, I feel like again, I don't want to keep you know keep saying the same thing over and over, but I think it's really important and, and really speaks to the strategy. You know, really growing Calcio. In the U.S., I think, you know, riding the coattails of Italian culture broadly um, mm. is the way to go. So you'll start to see us. We've already started, um, and this is really being driven out of Italy, but there's a new content series um, that we are doing in collaboration with the Italian trade agency called, called Champions Made of Italy. Okay. So there are 20, there will be 20 different profiles of all the clubs in the league mm. with, um, you know, different players talking about their experience in those cities, hmm. how those cities are different. I think the first four are out. The last one released was Salernitana with uh, Ochoa. Um, and so those are on YouTube. Um, and you can also find them in the U.S. here on Paramount+. Plus. Um, and those will roll out over the course of the season. So that's a great way for us to showcase um, to Americans, you know, what these 20 clubs are, where they are, what they're about, you know, and, and how they're different. Okay. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how the Serie A is perceived outside of Italy. Many people, I mean, you know, if, if we leave aside the results as such, but a lot of the things that, you know, follow the Serie A is that it's it's kind of, it's a league in ruins in the sense that the stadiums are very, very old. It's run by very old mentality and, and, and kind of almost dinosaurs, and it's kind of been marketed pretty bad as well. Um I mean, first of all, do you agree with that? Oh, and secondly, what do you think you guys can do to change that perception, primarily in North America? Um, so I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I, I see day in and day out how hard and 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 uh, smart and strategic the the people are that are doing the marketing for the league. Um, and I've been really impressed with uh, the people in Milan that we work with and the passion. Uh, of the league. So I, I'm not sure where that perception's from. I haven't been here long enough to know, but I also know that, you know, and I've heard it characterized this way that after the success of the nineties, that the league kind of went to sleep for a while, mm. but there's completely new leadership um, 
in Milan running the league day to day. And I, I wouldn't be here if I thought all the things that, you know, all the, all the perceptions that you said were true. You know, I come from, uh, you know, ha having worked for Facebook and, and CNN back in the day, you know, working for Ted Turner, you know, pretty, I think, revolutionary products. Um, and I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be betting my career mm. if I didn't think that there was a lot of opportunity here in the U.S. and if I didn't think it was a well-run organization. That's that's fair, um, but you know we you know a lot of the perception has been that, for example, that that there's been kind of a lack of strategy and, and maybe a lack of a kind of competent strategy to grow Italian football and stop it further falling behind from like the likes of Premier League, who are, let's be honest, the gold standard in in world football. I mean, financially, sportingly, bureaucratically, we keep falling behind. I mean, I think, for example, the TV deals uh, that have plummeted plummeted in the last years and the right cycles around the world and it happened also recently with the domestic tv rights deal too so surely that is a that that, um, that must be a problem no well i mean the premier league is doing incredible work so uh, i you know hats off to them and it's it's been uh, great to see their success i feel like their success really creates you know the rising tide lifts all boats and i think it creates an opportunity for us to you know as another european football league to raise the profile here um, and I think just more people interested in football, again, creates more opportunity for all the other leagues. And then couple that with the fact of Americans' affinity for Italy um, and Italian culture. And I think that really gives us a leg up on the other leagues. But I think we've all got a lot of headroom to grow here in the U.S. And there's a high ceiling. You know, we see the grow, we see the game growing, you know, consistently year over year. And then, you know, I think if history is a guide, um, you know, or an order of magnitude, more people are going to be interested in football as we get closer to the World Cup. And what my job is, is to make sure that Legacy Area is in the consideration set of people and they know who we are. Um, they know what's different and interesting and unique about Serie A. And that, that's the way we grow the fan base here. Fair enough. Um, but I mean, a lot of the things, I mean, let's, I mean, let's just say, would you accept that until now, perhaps before you started, maybe the Serie A has been well, it's been kind of unable to connect successfully with a modern outside world in terms of ma marketing and growing the brand. I mean, if we were to compare with the Premier League, not saying that, you know, they've done that we should be jealous of them or anything like that. I'm just saying comparing to how they have succeeded and what they've done to succeed. Would you accept would you accept that maybe the Serie A has not been able to 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 do that in its own way, so to speak? Well, I think it's fair to say that certainly the Premier League is setting the pace. Um, but I, again, I feel very confidently saying that we've got a great strategy. And, you know, looking back, is there things that the league could have done differently? Of course. But you could say that about everything. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. What I want to do is really look forward okay. and see what we can do to raise the profile, get more fans, you know, really start to build a business here in North America. Well, let's talk about moving forward and looking forward because obviously you you know you've you've been there for nine months and and so it's, it's difficult to, to 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 kind of ask you about things that happened prior to your joining the organization. Um, I would like to ask you, looking forward, what plans do you have now to grow? Because the Serie A marketing, many times, especially on social media, I mean, up until now, recently, well, it was barely written in, in intelligible English many of the times. Um, it, it was it was the, the grammar just wasn't there and, and a lot of weird stats like average apex height graphic that keeps being used and people are confused 
So what can we expect moving forward now from, from Serie A in order to do all the things that, you know, the, the high levels, that the high goals that you've set for yourselves? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think social is obviously a focus for us. Um, we relaunched the uh, North American channel about three months ago. We rebranded it so it's clear that it's for North American fans. So we, we changed it. It was that Serie A. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to your point, it wasn't clear who that was for and kind of how it was different. So well, we that's re- on Instagram, right? That's on Instagram, yeah. correct. So we rebranded it to Legacyria underscore North America. Mm-hmm. So it's clear who we're programming for, and it's complementary to kind of how they're programming the Instagram and other social channels uh, in Milan. Um, and we've recently launched a series that's performing very, very well for us that I'm really happy about that we call Weekend Calcio. Um, it is not necessarily um, like a wrap up of the weekend. More importantly. What we're trying to do is showcase the narratives uh, and the people that are interesting coming out of each weekend's matches. So that's been performing very well for us. It's continuing to grow at a nice pace. We partner with um, an organization called Wave Sports Entertainment, who owns the FTBL handle. That's very popular. Um, So they're they're helping us with distribution. Um, So we also do some player profiles as part of that. And then we've been doing some news coverage as well. So the day that Tejan Buchanan signed, we did a quick turn um, news piece that performed extremely well. You know, it's nice to watch that graph and see that big spike. Um, and so I think programming our Instagram is you know, one of our strategic priorities. And I think we've already made some great headway there. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I think it's really important. Um, we launched an email newsletter called Calcio Weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, a podcaster for that writes for the total, sorry, that is um, on the Total Soccer Show, which is a very popular podcast here in the US, general football coverage. Um, He was living in Rome and was understood Italian culture. I was a regular listener of that show. um, And one of the ideas I had coming in the door and one of my hypothesis was that if if you're a Serie A fan in the US or you're even Serie A curious, there's not necessarily a great place to find coverage of the league day in and day out. And so we are aggregating interesting content from around the league, giving people some background, some narratives to follow. So for example, for the Supercopa, you know, we help people understand the history of the, of the, of the cup, um, the background, why it is where, why, you know, why it is where it is, et cetera. Um, and so Couch Weekly has also been a great success for us. We're, we're seeing continued growth and really happy about that. Oh, sorry. Is that that just mainly on Instagram or is it on YouTube? Or that's that's our email newsletter. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. That comes every Thursday. Um, We send it about one p.m. Eastern time. Um, And if people want to sign up to that, where do they go? uh, It's bitly.com or no, sorry, bitly slash Calcio Weekly. Okay. And I can send you that link if you Thank want. Thank you. Yeah, okay. We definitely will want to include it because okay. I'm sure people would be interested. Yep. Um, I, j- just so I understand, because it, it seems to me a lot of that, the, 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 it seems to be a lot of focus on, on Instagram um, that you guys do. So would it, is it correct to assume then that, you know, the, the, the Twitter handle and the Facebook handle that the Serie A has is run by people in Milan? Correct. Yes. Okay. Are there any plans in you taking over and creating one? for yourselves on those platforms or, or are you just focusing on Instagram for the time being? Kind of one thing at a time. I feel like okay. Instagram right now has the most scale. Okay. Uh, and I think it creates the most opportunity for us. And so, you know, I want to 
we're a small team and I really want to, you know, focus on the places where I think can move the needle for us and deliver impact. And I think Instagram is that place today. That being said, as I mentioned, we have somebody new here heading up content and editorial. And so I'll be. So who is that? I mean, would you mind naming who those are and introducing them to us a little bit, those different people in charge of that? Sure. Um, So his name is Connor Lobenstein. Um, He is not known in the, in the world of football, but um, I really appreciated his background. Uh, He has um, got a top 20 pod here, has a top 20 podcast in the golf category. Um, He's done a lot of sponsored and branded content um, as well as social strategies for brands. So his background I think can really help us not only with consumers, but also can help us with some of our commercial aspirations. Um, the person who joined us on the commercial side, um, his name is Alessandro Girardi. He joins us from NBC, where he worked on the Premier League business mm-hmm. and helped uh, NBC with their sales efforts around the Premier League, as well as you know their other sports. So he's going to help us a lot in the commercial area. Um, he's also grew up in Bologna, um, came to the States for college. So, you know, he understands well Italian culture. Um, and then, but also at the same time, you know, can bring, given his education in the U.S., you know, a, a, a U.S. point of view to the work. Mm-hmm. And then you said you were four people, including yourself, or was that? Including uh, myself. We also have a marketing manager. Um, her name is Jenna Ergo. She, um, again, Italian-American, grew up here in New York. Um, so uh, it's really nice for us to have the perspective in the office and it's, you know, a form of diversity that we've got, you know, an American, American, two Americans, yeah. you know, an Italian, American and an Italian. Uh, and it really helps us kind of think about the different, you know, different perspectives as we, you know, strategize on new initiatives. I read somewhere, about, I think about a year ago that the person in charge who, who ran and or founded and set up and ran the ICC international champions cup, Charlie Stilitano was part of your team. Is, is that no longer true then? No, Charlie's here. Charlie's with oh. us. Charlie's a great asset for us. Um, he's not here day to day. Um, he okay. serves as chairman of our office here and he okay. and I work really closely together, but he's a great asset. You know, if there's anybody we ever want to talk to, Charlie knows everybody. He opens those doors. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, so, so it's it's basically safe to assume then that for the time being, at least, the the focus is on growing the newsletter and the, the social media channel that you're focusing on is Instagram. Would that be a safe assumption? That is correct. That is fair. Okay. Fair enough. Do you have any other plans uh, that you could maybe break for us? Because we saw the other day, I think it was Gravina who said that in the future, entire rounds of the Serie A could be played abroad. He didn't mention a country, but it's not exactly difficult to understand if you look at where they've opened up offices that that country could be the United States. Um, Is that something that we can expect in the near future? Not that I know of. Um, I, I, uh, I'm hopeful and optimistic that there will be opportunities for us to showcase Calcio in different ways here in the U.S. We already have um, the international or the champion soccer tour. Um, mm-hmm. Last last year, we had Milan and Juve here um, on the West Coast. This year, um, watch for an announcement on where those matches will be and who will be participating. But I'm very excited about the potential for us to use summer tour to bring in new fans um, and to reach new audiences. It, it will mm-hmm. be very high profile um, this, this summer and we're excited about it. I was a little nervous because obviously there's a lot of fixture congestion across all the different um, international uh, tournaments happening this summer, but they are going to be able to squeeze that in. So I'm really happy that um, 
we're going to have the opportunity to bring the Italian clubs here again this summer. Um, and it should be an exciting time, kind of given who all the participants are. One thing that on this podcast that we feel a little bit passionately about and also a little bit critical about is the fact that the Serie A seemingly only has to have a strategy for growing the league and in around in North America. Um, that the, you know, that the, and I understand that, of course, this isn't criticism of you. I mean, you've been hired to, to head up the North American office, but it seems that the Serie A is only focusing on North America and not really anywhere else. I mean, do you know of any other plans they have to maybe grow in Middle East, North Africa, China, other places, you know, maybe a Spanish speaking, because obviously Spanish is a world language, just like English. Do, do, do you know of anything of any plans to do that? Because it, it suggests to me that four or 500 million people in Canada, America and Mexico, the planet is 7 billion. Um, <laughs> did you see what I'm saying? Like maybe grow. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have an office in Abu Dhabi, so we're covered in the Middle East and okay. in North Africa, and they okay. focus there. And it's a really talented group of colleagues that I have over there. I've been very impressed with them. Uh, and one step at a time. So we are working to establish these offices. There are discussions about reaching out into new markets, um, but I think it's smart to not get overextended. Like, mm-hmm. let's make sure that we can drive success and impact in the markets that we're already invested in, and then you know take that playbook and expand from there. Hmm. One thing that I've wanted uh, that I wish for the Serie A to do, and I'm kind of interested to hear your your view on it, given your background, is, for example, to instead of selling TV rights to regions, to basically create a global app and produce the product in-house in Spanish, English, Italian, and whatever language that you want to do, and then put the app like Netflix, essentially, and go directly to to the um, to the to the customer via which I think is kind of what's going to happen anyway. And the, and I wish you the Serie A would do it before the Premier League does it, because once they do it, I think they're going to dominate forever. Um, financially, that is. What are your thoughts on that? Would you agree with that? Uh, I mean, it's an interesting idea, and certainly it's one way to go. I can tell you that um, having launched um, subscription businesses, it's very, very, very difficult from every perspective. Um, mm-hmm. con- building a great consumer service you know, takes a lot of very talented engineers you know, that's very hard to come by. Um, you know, customer acquisition can be very expensive. Uh, it would be a non-trivial effort. I'm not saying it's not smart and not, you know, not a not a very sound strategy. But having done that before, no one should underestimate no. how and you know how hard that is. And you know, we're seeing that today with the U.S. streaming services and how they're struggling. Um, and they're huge media companies. Mm. Uh, you know, so it would be a it would be a massive undertaking that would take a lot of years to build and get right. Hmm. That's that's fair. Um, let's talk a little bit about the football on the pitch. Um, I want to know a little bit about your what your relationship to Italian football. Um, like, do you do you have a favorite club? Or do you do you have any favorite players? Uh, so as a league official, um, I like all of the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but I, I will say it's fun. You know, I feel like in a lot of ways I was the luckiest guy in the world when I joined the league. Um, we had one American player who was not playing at uh, Milan in Serginio Dest. Um, and so then, you know, over the course of the summer, we brought in arguably four of the best American players. And then now having Tejan Buchanan, there's even rumors about another Canadian potentially coming to the league. So, mm. you know, I, I'm, I, uh, I liked be 
selfishly for my job, well, of course. Um, I like to watch the American player succeed. And it's been really fun, you know, watching Pulisic go from, you know, clearly unhappy at Chelsea to watching him. It's just fun to watch him have fun and to watch him have fun on the pitch. Uh, mm. So, you know, all those guys, you know, watching Musa and Wea and McKinney, um, it's been really, really fun to see those guys thrive in the league. Mm, for sure. Um, I mean, it's shaping up to be a Juve versus Inter title race for the first time in a generation. Do you think it's going to be between these two, or do you think that Milan could still get involved with all those Americans you mentioned? I mean, Milan's a really talented team, um, and you know they're they're fun to watch. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't discount them at all. But it's certainly trending, you know, Inter and Juve, but. You know, we're, we're barely past the halfway point. So a lot can happen, you know, over the next few months. Mm. And who do you think has been the best player in the Serie A this season so far? You know, that's a great question. I, uh, I, don't, I, I think I'm the wrong person to okay. weigh in on that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't want to put you in an awkward position. <laughs> but um, so to finish off we, we, with a little bit of fun, we play this rapid fire game where I just give you two or more options and you pick one. And you don't need to give an explanation if you don't want to, but if you do, it's perfectly fine, okay? Got it. Let's do it. So Diego Maradona or Pele? Pele. Roberto Baggio, Francesco Totti or Alessandro Del Piero? Uh, Del Piero. Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi? Messi. Paolo Maldini or Franco Baresi? Uh, Maldini. Who will win the Serie A this season, Inter or Juve? Uh, Inter. Um, Serie A team to win the Champions League this season or the Azzurri to win Euro 2024? Um, wow, that's a tough one. Yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go national team. Mm, nice one. And finally, the probably the most contentious question I've asked you today: uh, pineapple on pizza, food heaven or food hell? Uh, food hell. That's the right answer. <laughs> I, I, I know my audience. <laughs> yes, you do. You sure do. Thank you so much for coming on, Andy. Um, if you have a social media account where people can follow you personally or something else you want to plug, please, the floor is yours. Um, I'm not so active on so after working in social for 12 years, <laughs> I've kind of retired. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Thank you so much, Andy. Again, everybody else, we'll be back tomorrow with a full episode uh, until uh, for patrons only. So go to patreon.com/tifp. Until next time, uh, take care of yourselves and each other. Ciao, ciao.